episode 10. Chris Edwards, let's go. And they're up, Edmonton. The Elks are on the board. There it is. And they're up, Edmonton. Touchdown, Elks. Cornelius will throw to the outside to Shy Ross. At the 10, to the 5. And they're up, Edmonton. Touchdown, Elks. Well, the first surprise this week on Antler Up is it's not that Chris Edwards. It's not the football player Chris Edwards. Sorry. We have a guy by the name of Chris Edwards who is going to join us. For, and you're the first, I don't want to call you a non-football guy, but you're the first guy we've had who, who doesn't have a position with the team. Uh, Chris Edwards is a senior producer at uh, TSN. And uh, how many CFL games do you do a year? Uh, roughly about 35. 35. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Well, we got lots to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanks for coming in, by the way. I know yeah. you changed your travel plans just no, to be on Antler Up It's my today. pleasure. I, uh, I love coming back home to Edmonton. Uh, I love coming to Commonwealth. It's always a pleasure to come here, and it's pretty cool to uh, sit down with you, uh, the voice of the team that I uh, grew up idolizing. So Excellent. Very well, happy to be here. Let's start there. Uh, born and raised in Edmonton? Yep. How long did you live here? Uh, yeah, so I grew up, uh, well, born in 72. I was here, uh, grew up with my family in the Glenora area, uh, Glenora, Westminster, Ross Shepherd. I was here uh, through high school. And then uh, went out east uh, uh, 1990-91 to go to university outside of uh, Montreal. And then uh, I was home for a few months in the spring of 96, and uh, an opportunity came up to, to, uh, to be out east. So and, uh, I was only supposed to be out in uh, Toronto for two weeks, and two weeks is now uh, 26 years. So. Wow. Yeah. So it's gone well. It was a good two weeks then. It was. It was, uh, it was weird because it started like I was just going to be with my sister out there. And uh, then a family friend, uh, Gord Miller, uh, asked me if I wanted to help out for two weeks on the NHL uh, hockey playoffs, the studio show, and uh, where I was Pat Burns' uh, personal assistant, getting him coffee, doing shot charts. After two weeks, um, executive producer there uh, asked if I want to stick around and asked me what I like to do. And I said, well, I just finished playing university football, so I'd love to be involved with that. And I would love to be involved with CFL. And uh, that was uh, something that they were really lacking back then. So, uh, yeah, it started there, and it's been, a, it's been a great, great ride. Excellent. Well, we're going to get to what a producer does in the broadcast, uh, maybe in the second half of the show today. First, we're going to get caught up with you. You're from Edmonton. Uh, you played high school football here? I did, at Ross at, Shepard, yeah. At Ross Shepard? Yeah, I played on a couple of bad Ross Shepard football teams, but I was lucky enough to be on a couple of very good basketball teams back in the uh, the heyday, the, the Bob Fallis days where we won uh, – we won a provincial championship uh, in my grade 12 year. Um, yeah, we weren't quite as good on the football side. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but then I played, uh, then I went on to play yeah, football at, uh, at Bishop's University for, uh, for a few years. What position? Uh, I was a slot back and a punter kicker. Nice. Yeah. Uh, anybody off those Bishops teams? That, uh, uh, well, Tom, Tom Europe. Tom Europe played, okay. uh, had a good career. Uh, I just missed the Leroy Blue uh, years. He, was, uh, he left two years, I think, before I did. Um, but, yeah, played uh, practice a lot with Tommy, and he had a very good CFL career. Uh, Ray Bernard was my, uh, I guess, hazer initiator in my rookie year, uh, and he had a good, uh, uh, good years of linebacker, a good few years of linebacker, uh, and mostly with uh, uh, Ottawa and Saskatchewan. And um, yeah, no, there's been some guys uh, sprinkled here or there, but uh, but Tommy is probably the best one to come out of. Did you get any sniffs? Anything past oh, God, university? No, 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 I was. I, I hardly played it. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I had a lot of. Uh, a lot of effort, but not a whole lot of talent. <laughs> so, but I really enjoyed it. You know, I love because uh, um, I only played a couple years of high school football. I, I, I had such a, I grew a real fondness for the game of football at university. Just the whole camaraderie, and uh, um, you know, I think it's the greatest team sport. So I, I kind of fell in love with football there. All right, let's go back to your 
your early days. Were mm-hmm. you a knot hole gang guy? I was a knot hole gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My folks. I'm trying to think that I wanted to take a look and, and see what section I was in, because I know uh, um, I know in the Oilers I can give the exact our season tickets was section S nine rows up in uh, Gretzky's office for the first and third periods. But here we had uh, yeah we had season tickets from boy seventy probably seventy five to nineteen ninety roughly like that. So yeah yeah. So you uh, but I was in the Nauthal gang for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you saw the glory years and the five. Yeah, yeah, very lucky to yeah uh, the glory years where I was. Very lucky to grow up in Edmonton when I did. I really, uh, really enjoyed that time. I would, you know, grew up watching Brian Kelly and Warren Moon, and uh, you know, Dan Kepley was my uh, was was a big uh, idol of mine. And then over the years, just the collection of players that went through there, I could uh, I just you know reel them off. I had so many good memories watching games here. You know, it's funny people talking about the the Winnipeg Blue Bombers now and, and two time mm-hmm. Grey Cup champions and. Can you know? Can they win it a third time? Imagine winning it five times. Like no one's going to do that ever again. No, I don't think you can't in, do that in, in this day and age in any sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite remarkable. It was, uh, and the one I remember the fondest was uh, uh, was it eighty where they were down like twenty to one at the half against eighty one against against Ottawa. Against Ottawa. Yeah. yeah, that was because yeah. my folks every year. Um, well, Grey Cup almost always coincided on uh, my birthday is November twenty seventh, and it was almost always on the twenty seventh. But my folks would have a big party at our house. Um, you know, there'd be about 20, 30 people there watching the Grey Cup. And, yeah, usually the Eskimos were winning. So, yeah, yeah it was good times. Yeah, they were. So you had a lot of good memories coming to the stadium. A lot of good memories time. here. I've, um, yeah, I loved coming to games here. I uh, I was thinking about actually on the plane right here. I can I can look down at my hand where I have a, a burn from hot chocolate that I got <laughs> <laughs> on a November game back in that end zone underneath in the kiosk over there. Um, yeah, me and I also have a very good friend that I grew up with who uh, – they still have season tickets to this day, but um, no, I have some extremely fond memories of, of coming to Conwell. Do you remember the last game you watched here as a fan? Oh boy, I don't. I don't. Um, I do remember some special ones. I remember, you know, obviously the heydays. I remember, uh, you know, anywhere from Sandusky to Gizmo to I remember Matt Dunnigan playing his first ones here, and now Matty's a good friend. Like just some really cool moments over the years. Um, and one of them was a non-football note. One was the uh, I don't know if you remember when. Canada played Brazil, Brazil in yep. a soccer friendly here. Yep. And um, Gord got me down on the field for that one. And when Canada tied it one all and 60,000 people erupted at once, I've never heard anything like that before or since. And I just, like, it was a phenomenal high that I still kind of get chills from this. Yeah, I was, I was here too that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was very, very memorable, absolutely, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I'm you sorry, got, you, you produced football games. <laughs> yep. Uh, you got a football background, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think, kind of rare for a guy in your position. How much does that help you with your job, knowing a little bit more about the inside workings of the game? Yeah, I think it's crucial for football. Um, I always like to joke that, that my job is the two things I did best growing up, which was playing sports and watching TV, and it's become a perfect marriage. But um, I think some sports, you can get away with it um, Again, get away with a lack of uh, firsthand knowledge easier, but football, it's crucial. You have to know it's such a big field. It's such a positional sport that, um, and there's such, there's so, so little time in between uh, snaps that you don't have really time to wait and think and watch. You have to know, okay, so if this play went here, I know where, what camera and what machine I can get the replay from. Uh, you have to know situational, you know, third down, short yardage, uh, hurry up offense. Like it really helps you to have a, a good grasp of the game. So it's been, it's been instrumental in, in my success for sure. I think the game on the field this year is making a comeback. It's, it's mm-hmm. much more entertaining than it was in, in 2021. Absolutely. Um, 
tell me, give me your take on the game right now and where it is. I mean, attendance is down mm-hmm. almost across the league. I believe ratings are down as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on in your mind with the game and, 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 and the fan base and why they're kind of struggling in that area right now? Yeah, well, first off, I'll say um, uh, I agree with you that the product on the field is better, I think, uh, like this year as opposed to um, last year. Obviously, a full training camp makes a difference. Um, as far as attendance and ratings, it's not something that's you know just a CFL problem. It's a crowd. You can go to every league in the world, and they're having trouble putting bums in the seats. You know, one part of that is the the battle for the entertainment dollar. Um, people have more options. Uh, TV for a lot of sports is very good. Radio is very good. They want us. They rather stay at home in the comforts of their home. Um, you know, there are uh, concession issues with pricing, which you know I know they're addressing here in places like BC, where they're you know they're. Um, you know, drastically reducing prices to make it easier for people. But I think it's, it is, but it is an, it's a North American problem. Like, you can go back to the days when the, um, God, the Atlanta Braves were dominant for a while, and all of a sudden their attendance starts sinking. The New England Patriots don't sell it anymore. You know, and this is an extremely large stadium. Uh, you know, it's not perfect CFL stadium anymore, so it's, it's tough to fill this one. But it is, uh, I think there's such a competition for that dollar. Um, the Oilers... Extended playoff run probably ate into that a bit. You see that a lot with cities that have the NHL team that go on a good wrong run. They don't really necessarily pack the football stadium, you know, because soon after. But uh, um, and ratings, you know, ratings are. Uh, I think our ratings are quite good this year, actually. Um, and you know, they'll be brought down when you have the odd blowout game. You know, when like uh, the BC Edmonton game <laughs> at the start. Um, so that'll affect it. Um, we had the one in. Um, uh, God, they're all running together. But in uh, was it Winnipeg where we had this? Uh, no, here where we had the the the, the severe uh, weather delay. Yep. Um, obviously, that'll affect it. Um, and also, you know, when people say ratings are down, you know, the, the rating system was skewed a few years back when they had the other uh, rating system. So I think people still try to compare it to those numbers, and they'll never get like that again. So, but um, overall. Um, I like what they're doing. Uh, what Victor and his group are starting to try to rebuild here because it's a, it's going to be a That's rebuild. It's a it's a slow build, right? It, it, it took a, a while to yeah. to kind of erode that uh, yeah. you know the attendance and everything. It's going to take a while to build it back up too. Yeah, and when I you know I think about um, like the Argos issue, uh, and people keep on saying what can be done, what can be done. The number one thing is that in and it's not just Toronto, but everywhere is that, and I've been I've been involved with CFL and TSN for for twenty five years. So I've seen, I've seen it all. We've, 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 you know, come trying to come up with solutions. We've offered uh, suggestions. I think the the biggest problem is that there's never been that commitment to a long term build, which is not easy in this day of you know shareholders and economics that people want returns. So they're thinking five years, whatever. But it's a twenty year plan. You have to be able to commit to a generation. And which the Argos have lost a couple of year, uh, generations of fans, but you got to commit to a generation where you're starting, you're hitting families, uh, young families, cheap pricing, get them in the stadium, they'll buy concessions. But more important, you're building a fan base from a very early age, and you got to commit to it. Mm-hmm, absolutely, yeah? uh, the product on the field, as we touched on, is is so much better this year. Week mm-hmm. six. Last mm-hmm. week, I mean, that was such a great week. Started with the oh. Elks' big comeback in Montreal. Every game had a had a storyline. Every game was close. Mm-hmm. Every game was just so entertaining, right down to the end of it. That was phenomenal. It was one of the best weeks we've seen in a long time, I think. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah four for four on entertaining uh, edge of your seat games that, that came down to the very end. Um, 
which, you know, shuts some of the naysayers up, you know. You know I don't see the NFL going 16 for 16 on great games. <laughs> but I, I don't mean to say that because I'm an NFL fan too. I'm a football fan in general. That's why I get upset when people pick one or the other. But it was. It was a great weekend. Uh, um, entertaining across the board. We're back to the big plays, right? We're back to big plays, uh, more offense, um, closer games. But, and, uh, and the talent is, you know, the talent's probably never been better. You touched on the NFL. That's one thing people, for some reason, can't wrap their head around the fact that people can be fans of both leagues. You don't have to pick one or the other, right? No, you know, it's that's been an issue that, that for some reason we always have to deal with. Yeah, and I think it's more Eastern driven. But I, I've never understood it, just because, like I said, you know, I grew up here, so I've always loved CFL, and then I developed a fondness for NFL. But I'll be the first one to say those largely because of fantasy or gambling yeah. purposes. But uh, it's uh, it, it, there's nothing wrong with two different styles. There's, uh, you know, we got we got world class athletes playing in this league, and I'll I'll stake my reputation on that. There are as many good games in the season as there are down south. There's, you know, it's 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 a different game, and I love it. That's why I was so worried in the off season about all this chatter about changing it too much. And it's uh, this, this this game didn't need to be changed. It just, you know, we just got we got to celebrate it more. Um, and really, like it, it, like I gotta tell you, like, like I said, they they there are some excellent players in this league. There always have been, and uh, and uh, they're a joy to watch. Mm-hmm. Our guest this week on Antler Up is uh, CFL on TSN producer Chris Edwards, uh, an Edmonton guy, a uh, fan of the green and gold growing up. We'll talk a little bit more about his job when we come back for the second half of Antler Up. The Edmonton Elks currently on a bye week. Next action for the Green and Gold will be Saturday, August the 6th in BC against the BC Lions. Hey, the next home game is going to be a special one. You want to get your tickets for that. Saskatchewan Rough Riders are here on August the 13th. That is Wall of Honor night where the Green and Gold will honor legends Jim Germany, Ed Jones, and Joe Holloman, who will all see their names go up on the uh, Edmonton Elks Wall of Honor here on the Brickfield at Commonwealth City. And that's against Saskatchewan, August the 13th. All your uh, ticket information is available at Ticketmaster or head to goelks.com. Saturday, though, August 6th, in BC for the next game against the BC Lions. You'll be able to see it on TSN and hear it on 630 Chet. The Antler Up podcast is recorded in the Joey Moss Championship Suite. The Joey Moss Suite opened in 2022 to honor Joey, his great legacy, and to remember one of Edmonton's greatest heroes. The Joey Moss Suite is a great place to watch an Elks game from. To learn more about how to purchase the Joey Moss Championship Suite for an upcoming Elks game, email partnerships at goelks.com. What does a producer do on a television sports broadcast? Yeah, it could be tricky to explain sometimes. I, I I love bringing people in the actual truck so they can watch it and really get an idea because the viewer at home really doesn't have an idea. Um, I always try to equate like when people think of movies, the director is the person calling all the shots. They're the you know, you think of a Spielberg or whatnot. They are that they are the top. They're deciding everything from talent to how the whole production works. TV is a little bit different, especially sports television. Uh, we're largely um, and I know I'll, I'll get some grief from my from my good friends uh, who are directors, but I'll say, you know, the producer is largely the captain of the ship um, and makes the final decisions on everything. Um, we are like a, my job basically entails uh, everything from communicating with the teams during the week to set up our interviews or Zooms or whatnot and worry about credentials and um, uh, in-game uh, interview requests, all that stuff. On game day, um, 
when we usually show up about six hours before the game. Uh, I lay out the schedule for the day, um, you know, when we'll do certain uh, aspects of our, uh, our pre-production, uh, packing elements when we go for a meal break, uh, when we have to do certain uh, elements for the studio show. And then when the game starts, uh, I'm basically in charge of uh, everything from deciding which replays we do, deciding if we go to a replay, deciding if we're going to a graphic, um, basically how we're going to tell a story. So if we're doing, you know, for example, uh, if we're going to do a story on um, on Taylor Cornelius, you know, we bring Taylor, uh, I'll tell everybody in the commercial break, okay, guys, we're worried about Cornelius this drive. We'll follow along, but this is the elements we have for him. We've got a full page of his career. Um, if we get a chance, we've got some video from last week. We may have a sound bite from him. So basically, I have to navigate how we tell those stories. And with the, um, uh, through communicating with the, uh, with the talent in the booth, uh, we're all hooked up on intercom uh, throughout the whole game. Um, we just try to steer the ship as to how, um, yeah, like what direction we're going to go and, and how we're going to do it. I've always wanted to. I've never been in a truck doing a broadcast. I've I've done some TV no. games. I've done some Oiter games on TV. Yeah. Well, you and, and I, I know, did. You and I did the hockey years yes, ago. The we hockey did Canada, hockey Canada uh, games uh, together. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know when when the microphone opens from the truck mm-hmm. on the intercom, mm-hmm. there's I can hear hubbub. Right, you can hear there's stuff yeah. going on in that truck. Tell me a little bit about. Take me inside that truck. The truck mm-hmm. we're talking about, by the way, mm-hmm. folks, is the one you see that's parked outside Commonwealth in the tailgate area. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically your office. Yep. Yeah, it's production mobile. Um, uh, I like to say it's it's kind of like an iceberg. It's uh, you know you, you see you hear and see ten percent of it. Uh, the other ninety percent is the what we call it, the bit of the controlled chaos in the truck, and it can be quite chaotic. Um, I know where I've I've done events uh, where uh, you know you have so many voices in your ear. Sometimes you just get a little. Apologies for the, for the analogy, but a little schizophrenic. Like, like just I, I probably deal with about um, five or six different voices in my ear constantly um it is a uh it's a frenetic environment it's a very uh it can be a very high intense environment um i for some reason seem to thrive in it like i love it it's a it's uh it's a lot of fun but it is um and it's a real it's a real team effort like it's you really have to rely on different individuals and different apartments coming together as a team um to put the to put the best product on the air but it's a blast. Like I would love to come. You got to come in a truck sometime and just watch because I know it's a real eye opener for for some people. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's it is a, it's a real rush. Like I I would never, uh, as I said before, I never had the talent to go further with my uh, with my athletics. So the rush that an athlete must feel playing a game, I, I that's what I feel now. So. Yeah. You're still in the game. Doesn't matter. Still in the game. Doesn't matter yeah. where you are. Yeah, but you're still, still in the game. Yeah. Right? I thought I might be a coach, but uh, this is a, you know this is uh, I think I've, I found a better path. How many so. people are in the truck for a CFL game? Uh, in the truck ex- itself, there's probably about uh, uh, not quite twenty, but usually you have uh, yeah four replay. Yeah, I'd say anywhere between 12, 12 to eighteen, and then you'll have another. Uh, um, dozen camera operators in the stadium. Then you've got a lot of uh, uh, different audio, video um, uh, assistants and whatnot. So it's usually about a crew for a normal game. Like uh, like a tomorrow's game, there'll be a crew about, uh, I'd say all told, about 40 to 45, mm. which when we do an event like the juniors can get up to as much as 65, um, just because there's so many additional positions. But uh, yeah, roughly about 40 to 45 people make uh, each show work. 
Yeah, you you mentioned the juniors. You're gonna mm. you're gonna work that here, so you're gonna move to Edmonton for a couple of weeks or yeah, more uh, the... later on this summer. You, mm. You've got that. You, you've done some Olympics. You do mm. some NHL hockey. I think you do some NBA too. Or... I used to do NBA yeah. years ago um, before I was a before I was a full time producer. Um, yeah, I've done a hockey quite a bit. Uh, at uh, at every level, um, I currently do our Leafs on TSN package, which is about twenty five games roughly, and then, um, yeah, this will be my. I'm losing track with the juniors because of this is these three in a row in Edmonton. I don't yeah. know I, how many count, right? <laughs> yeah, I think this will be. Well, we call it. Yeah, this one doesn't count as a tenth one. So I think I'll, I think my tenth one as a producer will be in Halifax, and then uh, then I've had the pleasure to do the last. Um, I worked for Olympic Broadcast Services for the last two Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang and Beijing, where I was the uh, I was the producer for what they call Hockey Two, which was uh, predominantly women's hockey uh, with some men sprinkled in. But uh, this past year in Beijing, I got the privilege of doing the uh, women's gold medal game, which was a definitely a career highlight. So, hmm. yeah, a lot of interest in that still. That's uh, ah, it, yeah. that is a lot of fun. And talk about talk about a team effort like that is a monumental effort, not by the Olympic Broadcasting Services itself but just the the, the that production truck because there's so there's so many toys and so much so many things you want to get in so it's uh it, it, it was uh, it was an honor you mentioned you do about 35 cfl games a year mm-hmm. you must so obviously that's two a week most weeks yes most weeks yeah uh you must have some great travel stories yeah, not sure how many for air, but uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You know, and uh, the the best part of the travel is uh, is the relationships I've made. Like honestly, I can say I work with some of my best friends. It's just it's uh, and you build those relationships on the road, and it's actually that's where we get our best. You know, it'll be the night before while like, you know watching a game um, in another city, and we'll be just you know shooting the uh, the crap back and forth, and and we think of something that we maybe hadn't thought of you know for the show. So, but yeah, no, many, many good travel stories. Um, I've had the opportunity to go places, uh, um, especially with the juniors that I, that I never thought I would, but also like with CFL, I get to go all across the country. I get to see my family who are living in different parts of the country and, um, I get to, uh, you know, it, it would be tough if I didn't like the people that I work with, but like I said, extremely good relationships and friendships that, uh, that make the make the road you know pleasure. What about travel problems? You ever had any issues getting to a game? Especially oh yeah. In, in nowadays, I mean, everything is so tough with connections and. Yeah, not so bad on flights. CFL. I remember when I used to do NHL playoffs. There was one time where we would we used to do the playoffs where we would hop from. We'd be in St. Louis one day. The next day we'd be in Minnesota. The next day we'd be in Dallas, and we'd be back to St. Louis. Like we just we'd hop every day and do a game that day, and then fly the next day. And there was one time where I um. Uh, my luggage didn't quite make it, so there I am on game day, going to the Mall of America in Minneapolis <laughs> to get a full <laughs> suit, like everything, right down to the underwear. But um, yeah, no, for the most part, it's been uh, it's been fairly smooth with not too many hiccups. Yeah. Um, you know, I know you tweeted out earlier this year the game here. Mm-hmm. You were in Ottawa on Friday and did a game here on Saturday. And we're, yeah. we're home Sunday morning. Yeah, I've had a few of those. Like we did the, um, I wasn't producing the great, I haven't produced a great cup yet, but I was part of our production team in, it was Calgary. And we had a wrap party Sunday night and I took a red eye home and then did the Maple Leaf game Monday. <laughs> and although it was worse for, it was worse for Chris Cuthbert who had to do the same thing. But yeah, we have had, there's many instances where, um, and all of our people do it, where you're doing, yeah, back-to-backs uh, in, in two different cities. And it's, uh, as you know, the, there can be some challenges in some Canadian cities to get it out of fairly easily at the time you need to get out, right? So, 
Do you have a favorite stadium to work out of? And and I say that mm-hmm. thinking you're just in the truck, not just mm-hmm. in the truck. You're mm-hmm. in the truck, and I imagine most trucks are are pretty similar. Do, yep. you, do you have a favorite stadium you like to work out of? You know, Commonwealth will always hold a special place for me. Um, but I think nowadays, um, you know, Winnipeg is a phenomenal stadium and environment. I really enjoy doing games there. Um, Regina, the same. It's a great spot. Um, it's been. It was so good when Montreal moved to uh, to Molson Stadium, and, and and hopefully that'll pick back up again to the you know the party that it was. Um, there's a lot of good places. A Hamilton. Uh, I will say now they're not going to like me for this, but I will say McMahon is you know is the lowest of those. It just they, yes, they, it is. they they need a they need a whole you know they got they got to change that up. It's just it's it's and that's a part of the you know problem of their attendance there. You know that they need a. Um, uh, renewal there, but um, you know, I I can honestly say I don't. Uh, uh, there's not one that I dislike, um, but I would have to say the most fun these days is probably going to do a game in Winnipeg for the environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did you uh, develop your affinity for chicken wings? <laughs> there is a there is a Twitter account out there. I believe it's called Is Eddie Eating Wings? Yes, that's two of my very good friends, my director Frank and Rubenstein, uh, and my uh, stats guy John Perlberg started that and uh it started by them capturing photos of me i know you know i didn't know they were doing it of me eating <laughs> wings and uh, it actually got me in trouble with my wife because she says i'm eating too many wings on the road but uh yeah i know that just started the last uh well actually let's say i've had a i've had an extremely good relationship with chicken wings for the last 15 years nice <laughs> okay here's the next where's the best chicken wings in the cfl uh wow that's a good question i got my old reliable back in in uh i live north, uh, just north of toronto now but uh place called st louis bar and grill they have a number of those areas but uh i uh you know actually pretty good wings are right across uh, we stay at the west and pretty good wings are at the um at the scotland yard uh, sherlock holmes sherlock holmes there yeah yeah, yeah, yeah quite good might excellent. have to try those tonight excellent oh boy <laughs> good for you uh all right red zone now to wrap it up uh, last three questions mm. on antler up first cfl game you ever saw oh boy man i would have been i probably would have been five or six years old yeah, probably seventy-seven, seventy-eight. And right here, right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, we were. It. I was. Uh, I was begging my dad to take me, even though we had. I had three older sisters, uh, and uh, my mom, who still loves the, uh, still loves watching games here. Um, she's a diehard Oiler and uh, uh, Amazon football fan. So um, I had to beg them to let me go to the game. But I, yeah, I was here regularly growing up in my from probably about five till fifteen. Did you get to any games at Clark, or was that? Uh, I played a couple games at Clark. Um, no, never went to a game at Clark. Not that I can recall. Uh, Uh, number two question, uh, your best football memory. My best football memory, boy. This could, I I don't mean on the field, this could be in the truck for you as well. Uh, you know, I'd have to say, um, and people ask me about my career, they say, have you ever had a game that you, uh, you know, you couldn't find a flaw with, like you, you were... 100% 100% happy with and there's the only one that comes to mind but it, like I've, you know, I've, I've enjoyed a lot I've been very fortunate to do a lot of great shows but uh, um, the last two years that we had the uh, the rights to the um, uh, CISU sports football we got through the back-to-back uh, Laval McMaster games and the one in BC place um, 20, uh, 2010 was not only it was a phenomenal game um, but I can honestly say I walked away from that broadcast, and I've watched it back a couple times over the years, and I can still say I, I, I wouldn't change a thing. So that, that's probably my favorite 
favorite moment, both uh, well from a yeah, from a from a TV perspective, from a from a fan in that perspective. Boy, there's been some good ones. I remember, I remember Ricky Ray throwing the teardrop in the corner to Jason Tucker. That was a, you know just a great memory. Um, but it would have to be. I'll give you a tie. It's Giz taking any one of his returns back to the house. And then I was in the stands in the 96 Grey Cup um, in the snow in Hamilton. And I was screaming at the top of my lungs the referees that Flutie fumbled the ball. So. <laughs> I think we all can agree that Flutie fumbled yeah. the ball. Even he did. I talked to Doug not too long ago because he was doing some for us. Uh, it was last season. And uh, we had him talk with Danny McManus. And Doug's like, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Say it now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, last question. Biggest name in your phone? Biggest name in my phone? Well, probably Morley Scott now. Uh, biggest name in my phone? I, I, don't, I don't really have any. I don't uh, mean size yeah. wise. I mean. <laughs> um, man, I, I, I can't say I have. Uh, boy, I'll put Danny McManus in there. I got all my guys in there. Dwayne, uh, 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 Maddie, Milt, Davis. Uh, Chris Cuthbert, Gord Miller, Ray Ferraro. It's a Hall of Fame right there, man. That is a Hall of Fame. Uh, Glenn Suter. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, those would be probably the biggest ones. I don't, I don't have anybody uh, in my phone that, uh, uh, you know, Jennifer Lopez isn't in my phone or anything. You know, just, yeah. you know, no, nobody that stops the room, but a lot of big uh, Canadian sports television names. And, All right, and, cool. And uh, a lot of great people there, no good. doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. Chris, thanks for your time, man. I'm uh, glad. Again, no. you, I know you changed your, uh, your flight uh, plans to. to absolutely, my pleasure. This, so I appreciate you sitting down with me. No, any time. It was my pleasure, Morley. I really appreciate it. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Just uh, before we go, on a, on a side note, uh, I want to wish all the best to Adam Ziccarelli, who's been one of the uh, producers of uh, Antler Up. He's done a lot for this show. Uh, he's, uh, he's, he's done some editing. He posts the podcast. Uh, he's behind the camera. Uh, he does so much stuff. Uh, we're going to miss him. He's going off to uh, Saskatchewan to work. Wait a second. It's Saskatoon and the Blades, not Regina and the Riders, so we still like him. It's okay. So uh, we, we wish uh, Adam all the best. Uh, when we started, Adam was virtually in a closet with the camera, in a one-camera shoot, and here we are now uh, a couple of months later. So we got one, two... Three cameras going here, and uh, largely, it's hard to make this look good. And Adam's played a part in uh, in doing that. This podcast looks great. We thank you, thank you, Adam, and wish you all the best as you head off uh, to uh, Saskatoon. Uh, except when you come back to play the Oil Kings, uh, of course. Uh, Chris, thanks again for your time. Appreciate it. My pleasure. And, uh, have a good game tomorrow night. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. All right, he's uh, Chris Edwards. I'm Morley Scott. That's Antler up. We'll see you next time. Antler up, Edmonton touchdown. Elks, James Wilder Jr.'s got a pair. Got a man wide open. Mike Jones has it inside the 10. He'll walk the dog to the end zone. Adler up Edmonton. Touchdown Elks.